0: Can you guys turn to Acts chapter 12? We're gonna jump right in this passage. We're in the middle of this series, Protect Our House, Protect Our Home. This passage we're about to read is is probably pretty familiar to most of us. If you grew up in Sunday school, if you grew up in church, maybe when you were kids, you heard this. But there's a girl in this story in Acts chapter 12 that we're gonna talk about that often gets overlooked. So often she's never even mentioned and it's a miraculous story about Peter and that's why because he's broken out of jail and an angel comes and it's this crazy, crazy, beautiful story but there's a girl that always gets missed and she gets overlooked because of all that God did in Peter. But today I want to talk about this girl as well as Peter and I want you to turn to Acts chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 5. It says, so Peter was kept in prison but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Herod's on this rampage, if you know anything about this time. He's killing Christians, and and he he captures Peter, and he's going to kill him, but he can't kill him in the middle of this feast, and so he has to wait a little bit. And so the church is here praying for their man. They're praying for their leader. I mean, imagine what our church would do if Pastor Mike was arrested for his faith. We'd be praying. We'd be fasting. God, do something. God, do something. God, you're going to have to do something. And this is what's going on in this time, in this way, for this church and so, if you fast forward a few days, on the very night after the feast is over, Herod is going to kill Peter this night. The leader of the church planned on killing Peter. And the Bible says that God brought an angel to the jail cell. You know this story? Where God brought an angel to the jail cell. And I love this that Peter's in his cell sleeping. Two guards at the door, two guards chained to him. And the Bible says that, that God sent an angel to Peter and that the angel punches Peter. Peter, get up! Peter, get up! So Peter gets up, he's in the stupor, he gets up, grabs his clothes, grabs stuff, follows the angels. The chains are gone. He follows the angel right outside the cell, past the guards, past the gate, and he finally makes it onto some strange street, is what the Bible says, and, and the angel leaves him. And then here's Peter all alone. I mean, can you imagine that? You're broken out of jail. You thought that you were about to offer up your life, and he's standing there by himself in the middle of the night going, God rescued me. He's looking around, God, he rescued me. I I thought this was it and I I was ready, but but God spared me. And this is where our girl Rhoda comes into play. Look at verses 12 through 16. It says, "When, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. And it keeps going. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. And what did they say? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw, and they were astonished. And I want you to so deeply get this, church. Listen, here are these people praying for their leader earnestly, right? I mean, they're just praying for him. God, please move. God, spare him. God, do something. Do something, Lord, please. And in the middle of their prayer service, in the middle of it all, here's a knock at the door. And this little girl, Rhoda, does just what she would have done every other day. She goes and she opens the door in the middle of the night. She grabs her baseball bat, I'm sure, just because it's the middle of the night. She, she opens the door or, or, or she, she goes to the door and she hears the voice of Peter. And she's so overwhelmed with joy. When she gets there, she's, she's like, that's, that's Peter. And it's a good servant. What a good servant would have done. Would have you know popped that door open real fast and welcomed Peter in. That's what a good servant would have done. But she was so overjoyed and so excited that, that she doesn't even do it. She runs. She's so excited. She leaves Peter at the door. She runs back to the prayer group. And she goes, okay, everybody, shut up. Stop praying. Everybody, shut up. Stop it. Stop talking to the Lord. Everybody, this is what I want you to do. You're never going to believe this. Somebody's at the door. Rhoda, 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 hush, Rhoda, hush. No, no, can't you see we're praying, woman? We're praying. No, 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 listen, listen. Peter is at the door. We've been called out to God to, to deliver Peter. He's at the door. I'm telling you, stop praying because here he is. And they're like, Rhoda, stop it. Peter's about to die soon. We're praying that God would do something incredible. And the Bible says, if you look at that verse, that she is insisting that it's Peter. I'm crazy? No, you're crazy. I'm not the one crazy. I I heard his voice. If you don't believe me, you stop praying. You follow me to the front door, and we're going to open that puppy together, and you're going to see Peter, I'm telling you. So Rhoda leads the people to the front door, all these skeptics, and guess who's there? Peter. Peter's there, and here's the transparent reason why I, I, I wanted to speak on this on a grad Sunday and in the middle of Protect Our Home Is because far too many times in my life, out of the two of those people, Rhoda and the skeptics, I'm the skeptic. Far too often in my life, I'm the skeptic. And even though I might not have said it in the moment, my actions have shown it. And I've thought, man, how many of that is us, you know? How many of us can relate to this story with the skeptics that that I'll be the first to confess that I'm guilty of being that guy who's trusted in myself to get things done more than I'm trusted in him? And, And maybe you can relate to that. And so if you can, here's the question I have for you this morning. Have you ever thought about why we do that? Have you ever thought about why why don't we do that? Have you ever just sat back and thought, why in the world are we skeptics of him? We follow him. Why in the world would we be skeptical of him? Why would we doubt God reaching our neighbors, being a godly husband or wife or parent, serving in ministry at Kirby, what God's gonna do with our future? Why do we doubt him? Why is it that so many times we trust in what we think we can pull off, don't we? By our own power, what we can do, we trust in that. But we don't give God a second thought with how to lead our family, with how to protect our home. How in the world is this going to happen? I'm going to try to do it in my own power. We don't think like that. We treat God like, like he's just some distant like buddy in the sky where, God, listen, we got this. I got this. I can lead my family. I know my future. I can do this ministry. And we'll call out to you when we really need you. But until then, I got this. And and if you're a note taker, here's why I think this happens. For parents, for graduates, why it happens to all of us all the time, we fall into this trap of having a very, very small view of God. An incredibly small view of God. And this is super important that that we, we don't trust him. We doubt him because we have an incredibly small view of him. And this is what everyone's problem is in this story. Everyone was busy praying. They're busy calling out to God, but no one believed that God was actually capable of doing what they were asking him to do. They were calling on him like they should, but they didn't really believe it. They had a small view of God. But then there's Rhoda. Then there's Rhoda in this passage. There's this girl who has a big view of God. She believed that God was capable of freeing Peter. So when she heard his voice, it didn't didn't surprise her. She was excited. She had a big view of God. And I'm telling you, church, people who have a biblical big view of God believe that God is capable of anything simply because he's God. Just because he's God, he can do anything. He's God. I don't need another reason. He's the Lord. So he spoke creation into being so I can trust him. He he, he made us with his hands. He breathed life into us with his very own breath. He parted the seas to save his people. He used an army of 300 men in the Old Testament to defeat thousands. He used a shepherd boy to defeat a giant with just a sling and a stone. He saved three boys from a fiery furnace and another one from a den of lions. He destroyed nations with a simple command. He's the same God that stepped out of heaven and saved generation after generation of sinners. And that's who was here. He caused the blind to see. When he was on earth, he made the lame to walk the dead came to life again I mean this is the same God where his life on the cross when he died on the cross he died for our sins and he's the God who was he's the God who is, he's the God who will be same God in scripture, Old Testament New Testament now, same God that he's coming back again in power and glory he's the self existent, all powerful all knowing, everywhere at all times God in which we came to worship, that's the God we're talking about and so in that she gets it that that's her God she understands my God can do this And so often I say that with my lips and my actions don't follow it. So often I lead my family in my own strength. I put my future in my own hands instead of giving it to the one that we all agree in and worship that it's your name that should be lifted highest. It's your will for my life, God. Don't we contradict ourselves like that? And so in that, here's the question for all of us. Just being honest with yourself, who do you relate to more in the story? Who do you identify with more? Do you, do you identify more with, with Rhoda or do you identify more with, with the skeptics? Do you actually believe that God is truly who he says he is in this book and that he is truly capable of doing anything that we ask or is it that, that, that you pray and you study and you attend but you never really believe that he's got it? You never really fully trust that he's really the one. You never put your feet in the water. You worry and we doubt and our situation is always in our hands. God's not provident to us in actions. He's provident to us in our words. So we rely on your power. You rely on your effort instead of his. Who do you relate to more? This is why the question is so important. This is is why it just lit my heart up thinking about Jack and Jill's baby, being dedicated baby Jules. I'm thinking what a godsend, what a beautiful thing. So many seniors thinking about their future and what that looks like. So many of us ministering and our interns and all this. I think, God, you're doing some incredible things. Our, our church is not setting out to be cool. We're not claiming to, to reach farther together just to have a great slogan, to have a great mission statement. We're the church, And he's almighty God and we are, we're raising up high school graduates to leave their comfort zones. To leave what you know best, to leave what's most easy and follow the Lord wherever it takes them. That's what we want. We want to raise kids. We want dads to step up and be men and go to their families and do work in their families. Raising up little boys who know how to be warriors And for moms to to step up and show girls how to be a true, pure bride of Christ. That's what we're trying to do. We're not just playing games around here. We're not just trying to to get together once a week and just do stuff. We want more people to know Jesus. We want more people to understand his gospel. More people that are far from God to draw close in a relationship with him. We want to protect our graduates. We want to help you protect your homes. That's why we're all here to help each other with, with powerful saving grace that can only come from Jesus Christ. That's why we're here and it's passionate and it's living and it's breathing and it's important. So church, look at me, look at me. We've got to be people who believe in the power of God. We've got to be moms and dads and sons and daughters who believe in the power of God and back that up with actions that show full expectation that God can do anything because I'm fully dependent on Him. It's not me. It's not you, it's not in us, it's only in him. That that he is who he says he is. We need graduates that believe that. We need grandparents that believe that, that he will do what he says he'll do. So so you graduates, you moms, you dads need this at the core of who you are every day, every single day. How you act has got to follow what you speak, how you worship and all that is very important. but, But what you do with your life has got to back that up. So let me begin to wrap this thought up. By telling you something I know about all of us in here. Your view of God, my view of God, will ultimately determine everything about you. Your, your simple view of God will ultimately determine everything about you. If you believe in a small God that you can just kind of put in your back pocket, when you need Him, just pull Him out. When you don't need Him, you can just put Him up. I'm telling you right now, you'll do small things for your kids. You'll be a small example for your kids. You'll do small things with your life. You'll do small things for his kingdom. But, but if you believe God truly is who he says he is, if the God you believe in is this big God of this book and you're pursuing him with reckless abandonment, he'll do things in your life. He'll do things with your life that you will never expect, things that you'll never be able to explain and that you'll never be able, He to take credit for. It won't be you. And people will realize that's not you because they know you and they know there's no way you could raise a child like that. They know there's no way that your future could look like that if it was just on you. So my my challenge this morning is to go hard after God and put him at the center of your life. Put him at the center of your family. He can no longer be an afterthought. He can no longer be just worship out of our lips. He's gotta be worship in the driven day-to-day actions of our lives. You can no longer be an afterthought, Lord. No longer. No longer. He he can't be that. He demands to be the core and he can only be the core of your life if you submit to him. If you submit your kids to him, if you submit your family to him, if you submit your future to him, he can only be the core if you do that. And to submit to him, you've got to know him. You've got to have a relationship with him. You've got to walk through this book and understand its truths. You've got to walk through a beautiful thing called salvation where you say, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to get whatever you want for my life, whatever you want for our family. I want to protect my life. I want to protect my home. I want to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to follow hard after you. I want to do that, Lord. You, you understand that eternity is not a game, right? Like, you know that. You understand that, that, that people that are without Jesus, if you're without Jesus this morning, you understand that, that your life is destined for hell, Right? People in our community, if they don't follow Christ, it's not a game to them. They're they're destined for hell. That the people outside these walls that don't know him are desperately in need of truth. And if we're relying on ourselves, you you need to know this. If we are going to rely on ourselves and our power and our effort, then there are going to be a ton of lost people in our community for a very, very long time a ton of lost kids, a ton of broken homes. But if we can wrap our brains around the Bible and have a high view of God, not a small God, a high view of him, we will become the people at Kirby Church who truly believe that God can soften the most hardened heart, that that our, our prayer lives and our actions will reflect that, that it's not too late for your son or your daughter that's far from God. It's not too late. It's not too late for your grandson or your granddaughter. It's not too late for your marriage. How big is your God How big is the God that we've come to serve? It's not so hard. It's not so hard to believe in a God that can bring a spiritually dead person back to life when you believe in a God who brought himself back from the dead. Is it? Not so hard to believe that. If if your view of God is small, if the view of our future and our families is small, your life is going to reflect it. No matter what you say, no matter how great we, we give God lip service, but if your view of God is big, your life is also gonna reflect that. So the challenge, man, I want I want your life story how you protect your home. I I don't want it to to point to what we've accomplished in our own power. We've got to set out for the story to point to a God who's done something for us that we can never do for ourselves, that God has done something in us that our story's got to point to a God that's bigger and that's stronger and whose name is lifted higher than any other name. And so I want to pray right now, in just a moment, I want to pray for you, for God to change our hearts For for God to begin to change our minds when it comes to our view of God related to your life, related to your family, related to your future, related to this church. Maybe you walked in this morning with a small view of God, that He's distant and He's not a part of life. Maybe you walked in like that, but you're gonna walk out with a high and lofty view of Almighty God. And so I wanna pray for you that you would realize that the one true God cannot be boxed in in your life any longer. You've got to unleash that Because he is so much better, so much bigger, so much higher, so much greater than any of us even realize. And so many of you, this means your marriage is going to change. Where you husbands and you wives, you're going to have to change your mind about the Lord. And the thing that you thought wasn't possible in your marriage, because it's not possible with your power, all of a sudden you're going to realize, but it is possible because God can do exceedingly greater. He can do more. You've been relying on what you can do as a husband. You've been relying on what you can do as a wife and God hasn't been in there at all. Guys, we're talking about a God this morning who is so big. Listen, listen, he's so big that he can take a broken marriage, pick up the pieces and put it back together again. Do you hear that? Like he can take an addiction. That has torn apart your life and your family, something that just holds on to you and you're afraid is gonna pass on to your kids. He can take that and shatter that thing and break it never to be again. We believe that, right? We say it, but do we believe it? Are we gonna live it? And so today, if you say, My life is eaten up with worry, it's eaten up with anxiety, it's just eaten up with selfish ambition and thoughts like that, I'm telling you, some of you have been so worried, so anxious about your future that you just keep taking it back from God. God, this is yours. Actions, take it back. God, this is yours. Actions, take it back. And today needs to be a day where you drop this small view of God and you proclaim the truth by letting your actions follow exactly what you said, exactly where you believe it to be and you submit to God. We don't have this thing figured out. The more I understand about the Lord, the more I understand how weak I am and how little I truly understand. But maybe, maybe, maybe some of you that, that have come in here and you have a small view of God, maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is the moment that God's trying to use in your life to let you know just how great and big He really is and how majestically awesome this King really can be in your life. Can you stand and let me pray for you? Just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to talk to God as, as...